Why did Jesus have to rise from the dead? During his life on earth, he gave us some pretty good teachings. He performed some miracles. I'm sure he probably would have been remembered no matter what, even if his life ended with crucifixion. Why did he have to rise from the dead? Was he simply trying to give all of us left in his wake a get-out-of-death-free card so that we could skip over the end of death and have this promise of eternity? Well, partly, a little bit, but it's so, so much more than that. Jesus is not just a teacher. He's not just a miracle worker. He's not just somebody that gives us this idea and this promise of something that will be in the future that we can hang our hopes on. He does give us the promise of a life to come, but he also, by his resurrection, gives us a gift for our life here and now that we cannot find anywhere else. Jesus had to rise from the dead to give us the life that God intended for every human person that he created. There is an ancient saying from St. Irenaeus that says, the glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God is man fully alive. Because for us to live our best life, for us to be the best version of ourselves in order to carpe diem seize the day, for us to do that fully requires the resurrection. Because in the resurrection, God is doing something new. This isn't just kind of a, a building up of what existed before and it's the next logical pro progression in human evolution. It's something new, as St. Paul tells us today, with this new leaven. We don't put old leaven because it's not going to take the desired effect. And there's this imagery in Scripture. Here's your 45-second Scripture lesson for the day. This imagery in Scripture in the life of Christ that shows us that this is something new. Right? The story of creation begins with Adam and Eve in the garden. That it tells us that at God forms Eve by taking a rib from the side of Adam. But then the two of them fall away from the grace of God by taking from a tree that they were not supposed to take from. And they are banished from the garden. Well, in Jesus, in his resurrection, Jesus is buried in a tomb in a garden. And on the cross, Jesus' side is pierced with a lance. And out of his side comes the life of Christians through the water of baptism and through the blood of the Eucharist. And Jesus brings that new life from a tree by hanging on the tree when a tree took life away. And for us as Christians, they moved from the Sabbath, the seventh day, God rested. We don't celebrate the seventh day anymore. We celebrate the eighth day, Sunday, the new day of creation. 
that God began to create on the first day and rested on the seventh, seventh, which is why it was the Sabbath for the Jews. But for us, God is making something new on the eighth day with the Lord's resurrection. God is giving us something new. And for me, in my, resurre- in my resurrection, I haven't resurrected yet, I'm still here. In my reflection on the resurrection this year, three things stood out to me as to what Jesus brings us through his resurrection that makes something new in us. Jesus reveals what it means to be human. By his resurrection, he gives us a new horizon to our life, the horizon of eternity. And then through that, he gives decisive direction purpose to what we do day in and day out. First, Jesus reveals what it means to be human. This is what the church says about that. She says, the truth is that only in the mystery of the incarnate word, Jesus, the word made flesh, does the mystery of man take on light. For Adam, the first man, was a figure of him who was to come namely Christ the Lord. Christ, the final Adam, by the revelation of the mystery of the Father and his love, fully reveals man to man himself and makes his supreme calling clear. Jesus reveals to the world what God intends and desires for the human person. That that old saying of to err is human and to forgive is divine, nonsense. To be human is to be like Christ. That's why we say that all the time in our Christian life, that we are called to be Christ-like. Because to be like Christ is to be fully human. The glory of God is man fully alive that as we look at the life of Christ and the way that he embodies humanity, through the way that he feels passionately, through the way that he suffers deeply, the way that he is a son to the Father, making us all sons and daughters of the same Father, the way that he has that fraternity and that bond with the disciples that he gathers around himself, his obedience to his mother Mary and to Joseph, and the way that prayer shapes his whole life on earth. Jesus reveals man to man himself. That in a world where there no longer is a definition or an understanding of what it means to be human anymore, that it's only defined by each individual person, I decide what it means to be human for me, As Christians, we turn to Jesus and we say, show me what it means to be fully alive. The second, our horizon is eternity. That through this promise of eternal life that is given to us in the resurrection of Christ, we look elsewhere. And that makes a huge difference in everything that we do in this life. That if our mind and our heart are focused on eternal life with God. 
it changes our understanding of the present moment, right? If I am living for eternity, not just today, it shifts the way that I understand what I'm living through. I can live through different things differently because this isn't the end-all be-all, right? It also changes the way that I can bear suffering because suffering is no longer something that I have to avoid or prevent or eliminate because through suffering comes the gift of eternity. That meaning can be found in suffering because I am living not just for this life where suffering gets in the way of how I want to live this life, but because I'm living for eternity, suffering can be a means to enter more profoundly into that divine life that God is offering us. And it shifts our use of time, right? If I am living for eternity, then I don't need to accomplish everything I feel like I need to accomplish in this life. Right? I won't be so preoccupied with tying everything neatly with a bow for fear that it would be left undone because ultimately all of time rests in God's hands. And I place myself in God's hands for now and into eternity. And if we do that, never again will we have the excuse, I've got no time to pray. Christ, risen from the dead, gives our life a whole new horizon, a whole new direction to point to, which is the last point. He gives us decisive direction, firm purpose, so that even though we have this new horizon that we fix our minds and our hearts to, we're not just looking to escape this life to get to that eternal life. We're rooted in this life. There is good in this life. And God gives purpose, meaning, to every moment that we live. But we shouldn't presume that we know how to fulfill and to sustain our own happiness, right? Every one of us here has had probably multiple experiences in our life where we hunt down what we think is going to make us happy. And it either comes up short, it doesn't last very long, or it doesn't actually give us happiness at all. And so if we've had that experience time and time again, why do we still completely trust in ourselves that I will figure out what makes me happy? We won't. Because the purpose and the direction of our life is Christ. And he brings joy to the human person. The glory of God is man fully alive. And when we do that, we can move past this tyranny of the immediate, of always having to satisfy whatever the emotion of the moment or the circumstance of the moment is demanding of us, but my purpose runs deeper than that. The reason that I exist runs deeper than that. That for us as Christians, we don't just look for what is good, we don't just look for what is better, but we're actually striving for what is best. Because the way that we live is always for the ultimate good, God. 
If we are always living for the ultimate good, then that gives firm purpose to everything that I do in my life and the way that I go about it and the way that I make decisions here and now. Because each decision that we make in the moment has the possibility of leading us closer or further from that ultimate good that is God. None of this is possible without grace. This is why at Easter, we have such a deep focus on the gift of our baptism. Because it's through our baptism that we receive this divine life. This divine life that makes us sons and daughters of God so that we can be fully human like Christ. It's this grace of baptism that reminds us and orients our soul, our whole being, to eternity. And it's this divine life, this gift of grace given by God that gives us purpose in each moment that we live. So that when we face this life and we face the hard questions, we have this that points us to where we know we need to go. That the happiness that we are looking for in this life and in the life to come is found in the resurrection, in this gift of our Christian life. Because the glory of God is man fully alive, but the life of man is the vision of God. <laughs>